Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of praise morning Bible study and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let us take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for the fruits of your spirit, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that they are manifest in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge, Lord, that it flows through us, Lord, and we can walk in that, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your grace and your mercy and that it abounds towards all of us, Lord. And we just thank you for your love and that we can show it to others. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word and our discussion in the book of Acts. So we are continuing in Acts chapter 17, and we are continuing our discussion on the first nine verses. So... If you're just joining us and haven't had an opportunity to read that section of scripture, I want to encourage you to do that now. Give yourself the time and opportunity to read that so you can be aided in following along with the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now, as is our custom, we are opening the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I'll begin. All right. There, LaCharles. Um, so we've been discussing in the previous prop, um, previous podcast about how these peop- the Jews always seemed to know where all the wicked men in the city were, regardless of which city it was. They always seemed to have an acute sense of where they were gathering, where to get them. And how I found it interesting was that uh, we see inside of the Gospels how the Pharisees and scribes were offended by Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. But when it came to doing something that they knew was wrong, but they wanted to do, they had no problem fellowshipping with them. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, another thing that I found interesting and the Lord was pointing out to me was where these are not just Jews from the one city, but these are Jews from multiple cities chasing Paul and Silas around trying to figure out what they're doing and always trying to come against them. And the Lord was reminding me of how when Paul was talking about he had a thorn in the flesh and dad, you and mama were saying that it was people Mm. and evil spirits trying to prevent them from doing what the Lord wanted to them, wanted to do through them. And we see that this is just manifestation of that thorn that Paul was describing. They're always there trying to stop the, stop Paul and Silas but yet the Lord still gets what he wants done because if we look inside of verse um, 2 we see that the Jews didn't really start to become rioters I'd say until after at least three weeks because it says there was three Sabbaths where he taught Paul Mm -hmm. so he Paul had an opportunity and was still allowed to minister to others before those who came um to prevent him, we're finally there. And the Lord just remind me of the same ways that when the Lord is telling us to do something, there's always an effect that's going to happen. It's never pointless or never is it going to seem like nothing's happening or 
absolutely nothing's going to occur from this. It wasn't that these Jews were able to fully stop what the Lord wants because the word says that what the Lord speaks from his mouth is not going to return to him void, but it's going to occur. Mm-hmm. Accomplish all his plans and his purpose. Yes. Okay. So we just see that in manifestation here and how even though the people, um, the Jews came to stir up the people, but also with that you had to look at the people, how fickle they were. Well, one moment they were cheering with Paul, then the next moment when the thought of a riot occurred, they were all too glad to join in. Hmm. So what can you, what else, what does this remind you of? Jesus used a couple teachings, and one was about the different types of soil. Yes. Right? It's not so much to look at the other people, but to look at ourselves, to examine ourselves in our own heart, right? And ultimately, there was how many types of soil? Four. Okay, and what were they? One was rocky, one was um, with the thorns, one was good soil, one fell by the wayside. Okay. So, but what does he say? They all received. The word, which was the seed. The seed, which was the word, which was ultimately salvation. Right? He uses the seed for a couple different things, but whether it's the kingdom of heaven, right, or kingdom of God, right, or he's ultimately talking about they receive salvation, right? And the yes. seed fell, and they fell on these types of soil, but then it was also the conditions of the heart. So each heart, each person, received the same thing, the same opportunity, salvation, or the opportunity to enter the kingdom of heaven. But yet, how did they take care of it? And here you have the same thing, right? I promise you brought up about the some fell by the wayside on the road. And it says that what? Um, I believe that the birds came <coughs> that when something else came that the word that was sown was plucked mm-hmm. up. Yes, uh, the birds ate it. The others, the uh, thorns came, right, growing up them and choked the word out from them. Others fell on rocky soil, so yet it had no roots. When the sun beat and the wind blew, they withered. They withered. But then there's those that valued it, that valued the word that they received. They valued that, that seed, a salvation, the kingdom of heaven, and it allowed it. They ain't sure that their heart was right, that it was continued to be soft, right? Or tilled, fertile ground. Yes. And for the entirety of the process to take place and to bear fruit, right? Yes. Seed, time, and harvest in their lives. Right. So do you not see the same thing here? You see the different types of soil. And for some people, they valued it and they remained. And then others, yeah, happened to a point. But then they allowed, whether it's the cares of this world, they allowed what other people said about these individuals that were being used by the Lord to choke the word out from them. Others was, uh, well, wait and see. I don't really want to do anything or change anything. So yet that word had no roots, not strong roots to hold it in place in their lives. And then you also have these that came and tried to eat up the word because it just fell by the wayside. They believe their report instead of the word that they were given. 
So it, uh, I say that again because it matters not so much to just look at this and say, oh man, they, they encountered resistance. But this applies to our life today. So how is the condition of our heart towards the word that's given? It's easy to go, oh, well, that was far off. That was a long time ago. And that was for them there at that time. But, I mean, even for those listening to this podcast now, it's for you today. You're receiving the word. What is the value that it holds in your life? And in each of those, right, change is required. And even for those that, uh, for the heart that is tilled, right, all the stones have been removed and they want to keep it soft and fertile for the Lord, right? Yes. Well, it has to still work as required for it to remain that way. You said I did it once and then you, you walked away. How is it going to remain like that? How can it? It can't. Okay. So that's that's for us for today to examine what again like we were discussing yesterday what's at the core? What's at our core? And it should be the Lord. The the entirety of the Godhead living and dwelling in us. And as a result of that it, we should be exhibiting the Lord's nature, character and attributes in every area and aspect of our life. As you honey honey pointed out with in Galatians, with the fruit of the Spirit. And the first, very first fruit mentioned is love. Yes. And mm-hmm. God is love. So are we truly walking in that? Is that evident to all in our lives? Or is it, I'll say in this way, Christianese? Or speaking a, a, a religious language that only those that are in have can understand it and have or understand its meaning, I'll say. But is it actually practiced? I wanted to take a take a look at the end of the, um, in Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20, it explains that parable that we were talking about of the sower of mm-hmm. the word and the hearts and things like that. And it gives another perspective of, of what's happening. And not just that, you know, it's stony ground and, you know, fruitful and all that other kind of stuff, but it gives more insight. And it says, um, this is verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And likewise are though the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in, choke, I'm sorry, entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So for us being on the the receiving side of this, we're the ones having the word of God sown in our heart. Mm-hmm. 
we have to be aware of the strategies of what's actually happening Amen. and protect our heart. And there's, it, you know, from from just how I've experienced the Lord in my life, I've seen that some areas I might have um, good ground in my heart, but some areas are, are stonier. You know, for, for example, I can believe God easily when it comes to healing. And anytime mm. the word of the Lord about healing comes forth, I'm all over it. And I'm like, yes, Lord, hallelujah. But, but then if the word um, concerning forgiveness comes, then suddenly when I'm like, Lord, I ain't ready for that, right? Then, then my heart is, it can be stony ground. Whereas as soon as it's sown, because I don't have full opening to the Lord in that arena, that the enemy comes to steal that word or um, the, the word is choked out or it only has a little bit of root. So when any kind of challenge to that word comes, challenge to me in that arena comes, I fall and go, I'm not forgiven today. Right. And th- those are just examples. Sure. Um, how in one person you could see, depending on the area. On the area. Absolutely. How their heart might um, be suited towards receiving God's word. And it's important for us to, to know that we are, we are his garden. We are God's garden. And he intends for us to be good ground in every aspect and capacity of life and pursuing him in a way that we are watchful. We're not letting the adversary blind us because of our own emotions or our own thoughts about something or, um, for any reason, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're new creations. So following with him and flowing with him and keep saying yes to God and opening the doors of our heart to him so that he can break up the stony ground and we with him break up the stony ground because the Holy Spirit wants to do that in our lives and we cooperate so that he's able. But everywhere the Lord shines a light through his written word and through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we are to break up the fallow ground, that the hard ground. We are to make sure that the seed of the word of God that's planted gets planted often right but then it's also watered mm-hmm. that it's also able to be pressed down into the soil deep enough that it has an opportunity to bear good roots and it's planted in good soil right and then yes. we allow it to come up and then we defend against the adversary coming in and i, I visualize a bird you know just coming and grabbing a seed and flying away and, and how that works, we defend against the adversary coming to steal the word. We defend against deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things. We defend against the thorns of, of being dis, um, disgruntled with the Lord or mad because of persecution and our faith in him being challenged because we don't want to be persecuted. And we defend against those things so that we are always able to let God bring about good fruit and a harvest in our lives. And without understanding that these things are what's happening behind the scenes, this is why the persecution comes to get you to give up your stake with Christ. This is why the deceitfulness of riches becomes suddenly more alluring. It's to draw you away and to get you to renounce and to give up your stance in Christ. This is why the adversary doesn't want you to hear the word of God or pay attention because he doesn't want the word sown in your heart because if it's sown, then you have a chance to produce after God's likeness and his kind. And now there's an opportunity for change and then not only change you, but change others. He doesn't want that. So that's why he's coming to try to get the word out of your hand in any way, shape and form that he can. But because we're not ignorant of his strategies. We're not ignorant of the things happening in the spiritual world around us and why, because of the spiritual world, why the natural world appears the way it does and tries to have the impact in us that it does. If we don't know that, then we'll fall prey to it. But if we are aware of it and we take to heart the word and the counsel of the Lord, now we can stand. Mm -hmm. Now we can 
uh, tread upon that serpent, right? We can just put him right under our feet and dig his little head into the ground, right? Cut the head off that serpent and continue in the victory that Jesus Christ already won for us because we understand his word, because we understand what he's done for us and the reasons things are happening. And I wanted to um, point this out real quickly as well. In John chapter 12, Mm -hmm. it, um, let's see, uh, verses 24 through 26. This is, this is something that's really important to see as, and, you know, as we're looking at the scripture, we're looking at it on the part of we're the believers in here and we're the ones that the Lord is using to minister his word, right? And we understand that the adversary is going to do what the adversary does and people that choose to cooperate with the adversary are going to do what they do, right? But here's something that should bring excitement to you and cause you to rejoice um, as you hear it. Uh, This is Jesus talking in uh, John chapter 12, verse 24. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will will honor. I'm sorry, if anyone serves me, him, my father will honor. So meditate on that for a moment. The pressure that they are feeling, the peril that their lives are in from day to day is producing something. Every time the adversary comes to persecute, the word of God is spread further. Can y'all see that? (laughs) Every time he tries to squeeze and to put pressure and to threaten or to kill a believer, the word of God spreads further. Now, in this particular verse, Jesus was talking about his physical, um, his, his crucifixion and that he would be raised from the dead and the result that that would have, but it was said in a, a parable form. And um, so Jesus, he wasn't afraid to die. He knew what the outcome of it would be. He wasn't afraid to follow the Lord, his father, God the Father, um, to, to the end of his natural life because he knew that it would be time what what would happen that upon his death while the enemy thought that he would be putting out the candle in the light of the lord he would be getting rid of jesus and stopping the plan of god all it did was make it go further and then we have the example of what happened when paul and silas were persecuted the gospel spread further what happened when the disciples were beaten? Yeah, it stung their physical body for a bit, but this gospel went further. The word of God went further. So you're looking now in, in a present day, you're hearing about people around the world being persecuted, Christians being persecuted for their faith. And most people would be afraid in hearing that. But I'm telling you, the more that's happening, then the word of God is spreading further because that's mm-hmm. God's way. Amen. So don't lose hope and don't lose heart. Keep your trust your confidence in the Lord. I just want to encourage you with that today. I mean, as you brought up, honey, look at everything that they're facing. And mm-hmm. and if you look, whether it's here in this nation, the United States, mm-hmm. or anywhere around the world, everything the enemy is trying to do is, is to try and attempt to send a message that it's hopeless, that you can't win, that you can't do anything. But I assure you, that's not the case. There's more with us than there are with them. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's one. Mm-hmm. But even if there weren't, 
Even if it was only a remnant, guess what? We have the word of the Lord, mm-hmm. and his word never fails Amen. and doesn't come back void. It accomplishes all his plans and his purposes. So you can trust the word of the Lord, regardless of what the situation or circumstance looks like. And his word will never be stopped. Amen. He upholds it above his very name. Mm-hmm. So just want to encourage you with that. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness to us, Lord, and your faithfulness. We thank you that we're able to partake in your grand plan, Lord, and be vessels for your honor, Lord, to be dispensed in the earth, God. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord. We thank you for those being brought into the kingdom, Lord, those that are becoming your sons and daughters each and every day, God. And we just thank you for their blessings that you have for them, Lord, their strength, Lord, that you give them peace, Lord. We thank you that you satisfy them with long life, Lord, and that you show them your salvation. And we rejoice in it with them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.